0: Join another podcast from the uh, trade show floor here at Trees and Utilities. With us now is uh, Jennifer Whitaker, who is Senior Director of Strategic Accounts at NV5. Welcome. They- Appreciate your coming and joining us.
1: Well, thank you for having so, me.
0: Uh, start by giving us a little bit of background on yourself and uh, NV5, and we'll go from there.
1: Okay. Um, I My background is LIDAR. I've been working with LIDAR since 2000. So wow. yeah, I started with three ball space engineers back like years ago. So learn LIDAR from ground up out in the field. And then I've worked my way through technical, like field operations, working in operations with like writing presentations, proposals, contracting to project management and just kind of like done. I've, I've done pretty much the whole workflow yeah. <laughs> for LIDAR and, and remote sensing. Um, So, that brought me out to California. I'm currently working with NV5 Geospatial out of the Bay Area.
0: Okay. Uh, good. And you're wow. here because you're uh, presenting, right? At I Tracy am presenting, utilities.
1: yes, with Eric Brown um, tomorrow on remote sensing and insurance and, you know, how to bring, bringing down insurance rates because of the, you know, we've had a ton of issues, right, with wildfire we know and Eric well. Yes. extremely expensive yeah. insurance rates and hard to get. Yeah. Yeah, even like in California where I live, even with our homes, we're losing our oh, yeah. insurance due to oh, the yeah. insurance. It's a,
2: it's a real problem. It's a I mean, huge it's a problem, problem that the whole industry is facing because it's also made uh, being able to like price projects uneconomic, and uh, so there's a, a bit of a complexity with utilities and the people that can provide services because insurance is just there's a concern and i think there has to be a, a bigger conversation around that so that's great that you guys you know we had um eric brown and eric's a, a regular guest on, on the podcast and we had neil fisher as well and we were talking a little bit about the insurance so that's great that you guys are
0: focusing on that today so can um, you give us a quick recap of your uh, presentation, presentation.
1: Well, Eric will be doing the meat and the meat and potato <laughs> portion of that yeah. presentation. Um, I'm supporting him on his program and what we've been doing together. You know, since like 2017, we've been providing remote sensing and putting together this really robust year-over-year data collection that he's able to quantify. Um, you know, removals, right? Mitigating risk, helping to bring down those insurance rates, and so we can go in and. I basically state with the lidar data how many trees have been removed. You have beautiful visuals that help tell a story to folks who don't maybe understand the technology or what it's doing, but it's it reports out, it's unbiased, it's highly highly accurate. And um, it, it's it's a good story to tell to your insurance folks. And then he'll carry on with the conversation about what they actually talk about um, behind closed doors on, you know, working with the insurance companies and getting those rates down. Yeah.
2: You know, you mentioned that you've been touching LIDAR since 2000, uh, which, frankly, it's a little unusual. Like, I haven't met too many people that have been that invested in it for as long as you have. What drove you to sort of want to play in the space that early when it wasn't, so popular. It was an so accident. <laughs> Most of the good I mean, opportunities, opportunities are honest. accidents.
1: Right? Um, I worked for the National Weather Service. I was meteorology. Oh. That's my. That's ah. what I went to school for. Okay. And I was working at the National Weather Service, and I remember I was just kind of bored. It was my first, pro- my first job out of high th- or college, and it was very bureaucratic. And so for me, I was like oh, there's got to be something else. And I remember GIS when I was in school and I wanted to take the class, um, but it was like the very beginning of like ArcGIS. And um, so I went back to school for my my GIS certificate and then found a job. I was hired on the phone um, from a job I found probably on monster.com or something at the time working with LiDAR. Um, And they basically said they will teach me And so that's where it started. And then working with sensors back then, I think we operated maybe the first or second system that rolled off the line. Right? It was like little tiny five kilohertz systems, and now we're at like unspeakable like technology changes from how you know. So it's it's fascinating to me.
2: So how would you describe NV5's kind of core business?
1: So NV five, we're like we're a full service mapping company, right? Okay. So we acquire data, we do analysis on the data, and then we answer questions. So we own and operate our own aircraft. We have dozens of sensors from lidar, digital imagery, hyperspectral, um, and and we take these sensors and put them on various platforms: helicopter, aircraft, um, mobile and then make the project fit the, you know, I guess we have our tool belt where we can take those uh, systems and fit it to the correct project. And then um, we take all that data, we analyze it, and then the answering is we we kind of work with, we're more, I want to say we're consultative. And so we do have programs where we work to help build out large-scale VEG management programs or asset management programs.
2: Specific to you, the data side of it, though.
1: Yes. It. Yeah, on, like, helping the utilities yeah. move forward with the data. And, yeah. you know, we don't just drop it off at the doorstep and yeah. say, hey, You're we're done. We're here yeah. We're You're, here for the long haul.
2: There seems to be a lot of interest, obviously, in data and how you can acquire that data, um, the use of this technology. One of the, the challenges I've constantly heard from utilities and in the market is um, that the data is acquirable but the turnaround time for providing analysis on that data in a meaningful format tends to be a bit of a challenge probably the biggest uh, yeah how have you guys we hear?
1: I agree how
2: mm-hmm. have you guys addressed that and you know what is your typical solve uh, for that challenge
1: so we we're tackling it a couple of different ways so we started our rapid reporting which is uh, we fly, and within two weeks of that data being collected, say, for vegetation, we turn around a, a rapid product that basically states um, the worst of the worst of the vegetation out there, right? Things that need to be mitigated immediately. Um, and so you have actionable data within two weeks of that data collection. Cut. And then, obviously, the production side is still slower. We're taking all that data. It's running through our process. And we do typically start delivering data six to eight weeks after that first data collection. And we do we can do rolling deliveries. But one of the other things that we're focusing on is moving to more cloud processing okay. to try to speed all that up with hopes of someday getting to that real time, right? I mean, and, th- and that's like the... Um, the the point where everybody would like to be, it's just you know it, baby steps.
0: The uh, utilities have to be paranoid about security. Of
1: data. Yeah, and and honestly, the the whole security side that all goes through our IT. It
2: is a generally a pretty daunting space because there the data and the way it gets collected is there's just so much of it. Right? Agreed. Agreed. The, data the volume yeah. of data, Mind there's boggling. so much of it, but
1: it, it is mind-boggling. Yeah, the amount of space that it takes just on our on our computers and our server space, I mean, it, it, we have to move it off of server space at some point, you know, and we archive. It's just, it's so much data. Because, like, we may have, you know, 15... 15- large projects going at one time. And so everybody's trying to work on that data. You know, it's yeah. it takes a vast amount of storage space.
2: Maybe you can help um, the audience better understand some of the challenges that you guys face. Data aside for a second, in, in the role that you guys play uh, with utilities and with utility clients, like what are some of the challenges surrounding like the FAA and uh, the Beyond Visual Line of Sight and, you know, having technology upgrades and owning fleets that have to be updated like your business you know how do you guys manage through some of those challenges and what are some of the critical things that get in your way
1: so one of the things on like technology right we kind of pride ourselves on we're big so we have a lot of access to different manufacturers we get to test data a lot different sensors um but we typically have to rotate our sensors Fairly often because what might be great right now isn't the newest in two years, right? Yep. So we're always intensive. looking yeah. at um, technology upgrades, Got right? It. And that's not cheap. That's no. you know it's an added cost um, that I don't think people think about. You know, one of the things I think um, people might not understand is that actual the aviation side of it, the data collection acquiring. Like when we're working, say, with a fixed-wing aircraft and we have to work with FAA and we have to work with the utility and then maybe other stakeholders um, to alert them of what's going on, right? Because if you have things yep. flying above your head, more so with helicopters than um, the fixed-wing. But we're still always working with FAA. Airspace can be a challenge. Air Force bases that we might have to fly around or over um, but the fact that all of these plat- all of these um, aircraft have to go in maintenance and I don't you know pe- I don't think people take that into consideration that there's downtime that we have to like take the aircraft down, get an oil change every so many hours. And I don't think that is often understood like why aren't you flying right. today right yeah. I'm looking out my window and it's sunny, um, why are you not up in the air? And that's and- the client. Yes, I mean, the yes agreed, the client, uh, the you know, because like you can sit and you can look and say, hey, it's perfect weather, why aren't we flying? Um, but that's just a communication. We have to keep up with, you know, letting them know what's the progress of the project. But I do think that that's one of the, you know, one of, one of the miscommunications, I think, with having the acquisition side of things is the whole maintenance of everything. Right. Are
2: drones are part of your portfolio as well? We
1: do have drones. Okay. Um And that group works right now with our NV5. So NV5 Geospatial is a wholly owned subsidiary of NV5 Inc., which is a much larger um, company that has engineering. They help do a lot of um, gas work. And... Undergrounding, yep. Right, uh, wildfire hardening, the the engineering design portion right. of things where we don't do any of that, right? Got We're it. not stamped engineers. We can take data products up to the point of where it needs to go now to the engineer. I got it. And so that group then takes can take that on um, from a and design our, perspective. And our drone group right now is with that portion of the company. I got you. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, very so, interesting. You talk about uh, real-time data being yes. somewhere down the road. Right. You know, what, uh, where do you think this is going? What else is changing
1: well, technology? Well, you know, the other thing I'd like to see is more um, live. Like, you're out flying video, and you're getting live feeds. So you could have somebody sitting, like, for emergency management support, right? Like, say you have a lineman or somebody doing a desktop review after an event, say it's a PSPS event, like in California with wildfire and um, somebody is now sitting at a desk as this live feed of video is coming in from out in the field and they can be doing a visual inspection to get those circuits back online if they had been shut off during an event, right? So like a lot of it is more like speeding up the process, yep. um, looking at other technologies. There's a lot of di- a lot of different things out there. SAR... Um, you know, there's satellite, satellite is progressing at some point, you know, I think they do, it does a really good job of trending, like trending data, tree health, things of that nature.
2: So, so Jennifer, in your role, is your role more focused on the management of your existing client portfolio, or is it also to help identify new technologies and new partnerships? Like, can you maybe share with the audience, like the full scope of how you touch the industry today?
1: D- me or yes, my you. entire <laughs> no
2: you, we're yeah, you. In you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. me so I'm <laughs> me. a little bit of all of that okay right so I run our west coast um, and I work with a lot of larger utilities um, along like from Washington down to Southern California and we're out into like Colorado I think my my territory goes up to Colorado and um, and so a lot of it is working with existing clients and helping them become more programmatic on what they want to do. They know they want remote sensing and LiDAR, but they're not sure how to get there. Maybe we're doing small little projects here and there, and they want to turn that into more of an annual cadence. Yeah. But how, you know, how do I get from where I am now to where I want to be? So that's a lot of what I help with.
2: The decision maker within the client because you're dealing with technologies and data, are the decision makers more the IT and the technology leadership, or is it the operational leadership?
1: I've seen it both.
2: And both, okay. Yeah.
1: So we also have software, um, and it's our own web-based platform for visualization, data management. And a lot of that will go through IT. um, And then a lot of the remote sensing, usually, I, I'm dealing more and more these days with remote sensing PMOs where the utility is sending up its own remote sensing group. Um, but otherwise, it is working with operations and, the, like, say, the VEG management group or the asset management group um, on putting together programs.
2: Given in your territory, is there a client in the market that you would say is maybe best in class or has really adopted the most um, open way of thinking in terms of how they look at technology, the data, et cetera. Who's who's the most advanced, in your opinion, in the market?
1: That's a very good question. And um, I'm going to say all of our groups that actually have decided to start working with technology. um, I feel like a lot of utilities are very open to piloting new things and if they're already taking the jump into using the remote sensing, the lidar, the digital imagery, they're more open to trying new things like you know hyperspectral for tree species. We've been doing that with you know several different utilities. Um, taking you know one of the things that a lot of groups are doing now, it might have been a VM program, but now that data is kind of being collected so it can be leveraged across the entire enterprise, so other groups can take advantage of the data that's being collected, and so. So like now, maybe your engineering group is using that data to update their PLS CAD files, or maybe Hydro's taking that data and looking at, you know, some dams and right. and, and distributions using it for assets. So you know, there's a lot of different
0: use cases use and, cases for yeah. that
1: data that is collected once.
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh, where, where are, are we it? with species ID?
1: So it, it's out there. Right. Um, is it accurate? The last project that I had, we had a ninety-two percent.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: And but what we're doing is, you know, we're looking at five species. I don't. We oh, don't okay. like yeah. recommend Understood. looking at 10, 30 different. You know, you might have a whole hit list of trees you want to identify, but that will muddle up your model. Right. It's not going to be able to focus in on. Um, on, on the results that you're looking for. And I think that's where your accuracy, your accuracy starts dropping. Um, so so our, we like to look at smaller Yeah, that makes groupings. sense. And
0: that covers majority of the workload. Yes, and know, also for
1: large areas, you have to look at different ecoregions right. too, right? Because all yep. trees aren't the same in different areas. Like in California, for instance, there's coastal, and there's inland in the Central Valley area, and there's the Sierras, and everything is different.
2: We've seen a lot of, um, and I'm sure you've seen this in California, given it's also a technology hub, a lot more money from the VCs and the private equity firms flowing into the space. Um, So a lot of competitive uh, players out there doing similar things. Um, You you shared with us what NV5 focuses on, but maybe you can leave us with the unique value proposition that separates you from the marketplace.
1: Well, I do believe that nv 5 go Spatial is unique in the fact that we can scale. Like we do very, very, very large programs, and I don't, I, I don't want to say that we're the only ones that can do that, right. but it, I feel like that's where we really excel is being able to take tens of thousands of miles of transmission or distribution mm-hmm. and get everything out the door on yep. time on budget, you know, um, all that stuff, all that great stuff, but like get it so that it's actionable for the clients. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So when's your presentation? My presentation is tomorrow at 1130.
2: This was your dry run.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
2: (laughs) Um,
0: This is great.
2: This is great. Um, Thank you for making time. Um, It's a fascinating space that you're, you guys are leading and uh, you know, we really enjoyed kind of learning about you and learning about, you know, your your company. And thanks for doing this.
1: Well, I greatly appreciate yeah. you guys reaching out and asking me to be yeah. part of no, this. Of this has been fun. No, this is to awesome. Meet you. Nice yeah, thank I really you. appreciate it.
2: Thank you. That's it for this episode of Trees and Lines brought to you by Iapetus Holdings. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments on any of our episodes or ideas for topics or guests, we'd love to hear from you please contact us at treesandlines at iapetusllc.com. We'll chat with you soon.